on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hacker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Okay, OU stuff. Roy Williams in the College Football Hall of Fame, and we've got roster updates. We talk Heisman Trophy finalists, transfer portal madness, uh, Scott Satterfield getting the Cincinnati job, and of course, we give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, December 7th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about Riverwind's gaming, promotions, and entertainment options in the month of December, all you got to do is visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, recording this Wednesday morning, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted, you're fresh off the trip from Vegas. How we doing, man? How we feeling? Well, I wouldn't say I'm fresh, uh, but I am off of a, a trip to Vegas. Yes, um, I'm great. Event was awesome there for Roy Williams Hall of Fame induction so it was really cool a lot of uh a lot of former players coaches everyone was there <clears throat> awesome event awesome event had a lot of fun okay we're, we're gonna need a little more than that had a lot of fun like what what was did you have to MC something that's what toby Rowland told me were you yeah. did you have an MC role i MC the event how about that huh and is that the MC debut yes i I, yeah, I think for for something like that, absolutely. And my wife said I did good, right? That means <laughs> that means something, huh? <laughs> she would never lie to you. No, she'd never lie to me about that. No, I I think it went well. We made it through. We navigated it. Um, it's emceeing is it's kind of cool, actually. It's fun. You just um, really just continue to hand it off and let people. Uh, do their work it was fun coach stoops coach mike stoops spoke um damian mackey spoke got to hear from roy's high school coach that was a lot of fun uh and then roy himself got up there it was cool it was uh it was really well done what what was the highlight of the trip for you personally uh that event seeing a bunch of um you know old teammates and 
hanging out with those guys, chopping it up a little bit, um, you know, seeing, you know, Coach Venables was there, Coach Stoops, Coach Mike Stoops, Coach Mangino was there, Coach Switzer, seeing all those guys. It was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people, including myself, were really happy to see Josh Heupel in some of those pictures. I yeah. I assume you got to catch up with Hype. Like, was was it one of those things? Like, oh my gosh, you're here! Oh, yes. let let the healing begin. <laughs> he, I was just kind of like walking around, you know, making the rounds, talking to some people, and then just kind of like turned and like, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know you were coming. That was, it was it was awesome to see him there. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, a uh, bunch of his his like the guys that they kind of came in and, and I guess, you know, he was a junior college guy, so not necessarily came in together, but, you know, started that transition period together. We're all there and it was cool to, to, to catch up with him, talk about the season some and he in typical hypo fashion, he's pissed about the games that they lost. I was like, dude, what a season. That was awesome. He's like, yeah, well, you know, wasn't as good as it should have been. <laughs> so, uh, typical hype. It was cool, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Any, anything else on the trip? Did you, I, I assume y'all gambled a little bit. Yeah. I assume you dabbled. We donated to the cause out there in, in Vegas. Um, yeah, we stayed at the Bellagio and you know, it's interesting. I've stayed at the Bellagio a bunch. And it's just, it's changed over time. It, it has changed a lot. I don't know if it's like, I don't know. We could go into that in depth, but it's like a different feeling than, than there's ever been there before. Usually there's like a lot of energy, like the tables are popping. There's like, they got, you know, they're forcing drinks on you as you're playing and gambling, right? Like you, it's not like that anymore. It's not, you have to, actively track down the waitresses for drinks and stuff. It's, it's a different feeling. It's weird. Yeah. I feel like Vegas still not quite all the way back. Yeah. From, yeah. from my trips here in the last couple of years, but I will say that breakfast place at the bottom of the Bellagio is legit. I forgot what it's called, but it's fantastic. Well, so is room service. I may or may not have had breakfast in the room at about 3 a.m. every night. So, you know, no big deal. It, it <laughs> It's not breakfast if you're still awake and it's that's 3 right. a.m., dude. That is, that's not breakfast. That doesn't count. That's right. That's so funny. Like, it, it's just a quick, uh, funny little story. My wife has this weird thing where if you're out late and it crosses midnight, she now refers, like, it, it, today is Wednesday. Once it crosses midnight, it's technically Thursday. So she refers to it as Thursday. Everyone else on the planet still, it's Wednesday and still you go, until you go to bed and wake up the next day, right? Correct. That's how I operate. And with the time change and everything going on out there, like, it was, it was, we had like these moments where she's like, so what are we doing today or something? I'm like, what do you mean? It, it is always, it, it's Monday until we go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're messing my head up right now. It's funny. 
It's funny. Stop, good stuff. stop playing with my mind. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good time. And I know you hate when I do this, but it is the annual reminder. National Football Foundation. What the hell are you doing? Get <laughs> Teddy Lehman in the College Football Hall of Fame. Now that Roy Williams is in, you should be next, my friend. And I know you get uncomfortable when I bring this up, but it's just, it is what it is. You're one of the best college football players that we've seen. That's what the whole thing's supposed to be about. Put this man in the College Football Hall of Fame. Well, I appreciate that. It means a lot. It really does. Let me say this. We have now, Roy is the 23rd player that we have in the College Football Hall of Fame. We still have four Heisman Trophy winners yet to be inducted. Countless All-Americans and award winners. So uh, we've got, I think this is going to be a routine thing happening for quite some time uh, for Oklahoma. There's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of guys getting inducted here in the in the near future. So we'll see. I'm at the back of the list. I I don't think you're in the back of the line, <laughs> pal. I will say, sounds well, like Rocky Kalmus have... was there, um, and he's going and he'll go before me. So not even worth talking about me until uh, Rocky's in. I disagree respectfully. <laughs> disagree but it, it does seem like you've got some uh you've got some in-seeing gigs in your future man all right hey if it gets me out to vegas you know once a year once every other year to do something like that i'm down i i will sign myself up for like a production role for the in-seeing event like i don't just have show to do- up just show up there was all there, all all kinds of ou players were out there it was cool pat fields was out there there was um Gosh, Joe Washington was there, Coach Switzer. There was there's guys from all eras. It was cool. That's awesome. All right, let's let's get to the latest OU news and let's start with the little little information that is I, I think very uh, very significant when it comes to the Cheese It Bowl. We, we've talked a, a little bit about how talented of a football team Florida State has, and Jordan Travis their dual threat quarterback who has been on an absolute heater in the back half of the season. He announced he's coming back to Florida state for the 2023 season. So that creates even more excitement within that program uh, with that announcement. And I I know some people that are pretty well connected when it comes to, to Florida state and from what I've been told, it sounds like every single one of their difference makers is planning on playing in this bowl game. And the Jordan Travis news has, has united that locker room even more. So once again, not scared, excited for the challenge. We'll break it down more here, here in the coming weeks as we take a deeper dive into the Seminoles, but yeah, just a little more, a little more excitement and energy uh, for Florida State football as the Cheez-It Bowl nears. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> Jordan Travis is coming back. Well, um, here's the thing. And I, I guess winning 
the bowl game is the most important thing. But I, for me, and like when we're talking about this years from now, we're not going to talk about who was on the roster for Oklahoma, win or lose. And we're not going to talk about, and I shouldn't say on the roster, who, who opted in, who opted out, win or lose for us. And it's going to be the same thing for Florida State, win or lose. So as a competitor, if I'm going to play someone, I want them at their best, right? I, I don't want to hear excuses about who played and who didn't play. I want somebody at their best. Now, that's obviously going to present a much more difficult challenge for us because I don't think we're going to be 100% with all of our difference makers playing in the game. But you got to find a way to navigate that and still go down there and get a win because it's this going to be a big game for us. And I know that Florida State has some momentum and Jordan Travis coming back builds on that. Well, we need some momentum ourselves. And, you know, I think we've got some good stuff working in the transfer portal and obviously in our, in our signing class. So this would be big for us to be able to capitalize for our momentum moving forward as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And as far as kind of waiting to hear whether some guys are going to play in the bowl game or not for Oklahoma, uh, I talked to Marvin Mims uh, this morning. And they're still waiting, waiting on their feedback from the NFL Draft Advisory Board. They have not gotten their grades back. So you you think of some of the guys that may have a decision to make whether or not they will turn turn pro, which I think will determine whether or not they play in this game. They have not received that feedback yet after sending in their stuff to the NFL. So. I don't know when that's going to come. Marvin said they sent it in late November and they were told it would take two to three weeks. So it should be here in the, you know, the next week or so I would think would be, uh, we, we should know a little more. So I know there's, there are a lot of fans out there wondering, Hey, is, uh, you know, is a guy like Marvin Mims going to play in this game? I think that, I think that feedback once they get it is going to determine whether or not a couple of these guys play. Do you have a just how feeling it is. on Mims? Whether I, he'll play or not? I think if he gets a first or second ground first or second round grade back, he'll go. That that is my feeling and and not playing the bowl game. And not playing the bowl game. Because and you really can't blame a guy, right? If you get that kind, you you talk about. I mean, second round money. You know, Mister Second Round. Huh. I mean, that is uh, that's some significant money, significant money. And you want to be as healthy as you can be for uh, for the combine and for the the workouts and all those things. And really, I mean, how much more do you have to prove? That, but sure. now, I hope the guy. I hope he plays, but. I, I do think that a that that'll play that that feedback will play a big role in his decision. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah, it has to. Um, you know, I personally, I think, and I don't. Obviously, if he gets a a first round grade or maybe even a a high second, that he would go to the NFL. But I honestly, I don't know that he's he's going to get graded out that high. 
Um, I agree. If 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 I had to say right now, I would say I think I think Mims will be back, and I think he'll be playing in the bowl game. That's just a that's just a hunch for me right now. We'll see what happens over the the next coming days. Hopefully, we get some. I don't know. I guess it's not necessarily. I can't call it good news. If he gets a first round grade and he's going to the NFL draft, that's good news as well. Um, you know, selfishly, I'd like to see him play in the bowl game and and cap off this year, and um, even more so, see him come back and have a year that I think he is. I don't. I don't think he hit his his capabilities this year. We saw moments of it, but it wasn't consistent enough. Now. Some of that I think was on him. Some of that not on him. But you know, I think that I think he's got the potential to be a first or second round guy. So I'd like to see him come back and put that type of year together. I agree. I mean he he had a thousand yard season, right? And it feels like it was left on the bone. Yeah. I mean some of the drops and, and remember uh, DG being out for essentially. Two games. two games yeah he he had a thousand yards and he, you can see next year we're like where he easily has 1400 1500 yards receiving yeah which I yeah i i think that's uh, i think that's a possibility so and we'll see i think he can be a double digit touchdown guy too what do you end up with like six i know willis was the most with seven so i think he was at that six five or six number for touchdowns I, I don't think there's any reason for Marvin Mims not to be a double-digit touchdown guy at Oklahoma. I'm with you. All right, let's talk a little bit more about some of the roster updates, some, some more portal entries for Oklahoma. Uh, Bray Walker, who you know we were all hoping would it, it would come together eventually for him. Uh, five-star guy. You know me, always rooting for the Oklahoma guys, but just never came together for Bray. He has entered the transfer portal. Brian Darby, a wide receiver, really didn't see him at all this season uh, on the field. He has entered the portal. And then Clayton Smith, a guy that, you know, another very highly recruited five-star type of guy, two different defensive staffs, and really never, you know, became a, a even a rotational player. For, for Oklahoma's defense. So those guys, there, there's been a couple other guys, but those three in particular are kind of some that a lot of, a lot of discussion about Ted. Yeah. I like Darby. I think Darby is, I think he's a guy that, that should go in the portal because I think he's a, a very capable wide receiver. I think he can do some good things, super athletic, good kid. Um, I don't blame Bray Walker at all. Uh, if he wants to go and get on a roster and, you know, get some playing time, he can play, he can probably play at quite a few places just because of his size. The guy is just gigantic. And then, you know, a guy like Clayton Smith, a lot of potential. He's got some really good size, but I, you know, you're not, you're just not going to get on the field here unless you can be where it's supposed to be. I, handle all the checks and I know there's a lot of mistakes and in, in the starters I'm not trying to sit here and say are perfect and know exactly where they're supposed to be the entire time but uh, you've got to be way more consistent mentally to be able to make the 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 field here and 
but he's a guy that can play at this level. Absolutely, Clayton Smith can and I think will play at this level. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see where he lands. But with, with him, because I think a lot of OU fans look at him like, oh, another five-star that really amounted to nothing here in Norman. I, I mean, at some point, like, you, you can blame the coaches and all that, but like it, it's got to be like you have to motivate yourself as a player, right? Like when you have the physical tools that he's got, you should be on the field. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you should you should have worked your worked yourself onto the field, and it was two completely different defenses, two different edge coaches, uh, two different defensive coordinators, and. So, so is it the coaches? Like right. all of that change happens and you're still not on the field. Like at some point, no, it's on the player. Yeah. And he, you know, he was the guy that was given opportunities. I remember back in the spring, you know, he was, he was one of the guys that was, you know, they were putting him out there quite a bit, letting him get a lot of work. And I don't know, just the, the opportunities diminished as the consistency wasn't there. So. Maybe a change of scenery will do him some good. Never know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. I, I think it will. Okay, now this is the transfer portal stuff is still pretty new. How, how did we handle this on the podcast? <laughs> because you you've got we'll, we'll clearly talk about the guys that have entered. But now you've got guys announcing that OU has offered them when they're in the portal. Like, do we cover all the people that are saying that OU offered them in the portal? Like, what do we do here, man? I don't I don't know. I guess if there's someone of note that has been offered or that we think there's a really good chance, perhaps. It's kind of hard. It, it really is. You don't know. You don't know what's going to stick, what isn't. It seems like it's a – you get a – you know, whenever you recruit a kid out of high school, there's like a like a two, two-and-a-half-year, like it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. Some guys commit early, and then, you know, maybe they have some second thoughts, and then they come around late. Some guys don't. You know, they show a lot of interest and then they commit late. Some guys show interest, never commit, go somewhere else. Like we get all of that condensed into like a 10 day period with with the transfer portal, right? It's like, oh my gosh, Oklahoma's offered me. I think I'm gonna go to Oklahoma and then you don't hear anything. And it's oh yeah, that guy went to Miami or wherever because you know, there's so many guys out there that it takes a while for all of the different staffs perhaps to to get around to you and you got to weigh all those options pretty quickly. So I would say with the portal stuff, unless we feel really good about it, maybe not, maybe we won't rush into it, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's just go with the r- rumors. There are rumors. Here are some of the rumors. Austin Stogner, grad transfer, a lot of people think he can end up back in Norman, which would be pretty interesting, right? With mm-hmm. going to South Carolina. What do we think about that? Listen, 
they can use tight ends, right? Brain Willis is going to be moving on. Uh, I, I don't expect Daniel Parker to be in the picture. And he's, I don't even know what year he's in anyways. Like it, I, I assume his eligibility is exhausted, but I, it wouldn't hurt. I, I, I love Stogner. I think he was great. Um, I think he was underutilized. And then obviously whenever that injury happened, it he just never, he didn't bounce back from that. And understandably so it took a long time to lost a ton of weight, ton of muscle and um, was a really dangerous, scary situation. You know, I don't know where he is now. I didn't see much of what he did at South Carolina. Uh, so I don't know where he is physically, but the dude is a huge target, has great hands, um, an adequate enough blocker. He's not going to be Braden Willis, uh, you know, KO and backers on that zone insert play. But I think he's a capable inline blocker, but I mean, he's like, we, we don't, we don't have anyone to tie in right now. So. I think if Stogner came in and gave you some experience there, I think worse things could definitely happen at tight end. Yeah, especially you got got some young tight ends I think they feel good about yeah. in, in Helms and Llewellyn, but never hurts to have some veteran leadership in that room. So we'll see. I, I think he's – the new thing is like being crystal balled, I'm told. that, that yes. That's a thing. He yep. He is being crystal balled to Oklahoma. So we'll see. That that would okay. certainly be an interesting uh interesting storyline uh if that all ends up working out. Okay, a couple other ones. Uh Indiana's got a good edge player. Uh I think it's Dasan. I, I hope I'm saying that right. McCullough, six five, you know, round two hundred and thirty pounds, can absolutely rush the passer. I would like for him to come to OU. Uh d- dove into some of his highlights from Indiana. We could use that guy, no doubt. Stud. Absolute stud. Now, I believe his dad was a coach at Indiana. Is that right? I is that I wrong? don't know. Could um, be right. Could be wrong. Had, no clue. He had some type of connection there to to that staff. Um but he's hitting the portal and he's a stud. Absolute stud. Six four, you six five, two hundred thirty plus pounds can run. Um, I've I've heard someone who knows this player and was very familiar with Isaiah Simmons at Clemson compare the two players to some degree. Now, not as fast as Isaiah Simmons. He's not a not a you know four three guy but he's a four or five guy can run and has a lot of the same athletic capabilities. So yeah, we want this kid for sure. And I believe he's got a brother that is a very, very highly ranked defensive back recruit. So we could be looking at a, a brother's package deal of sorts, which I fully support. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me too me too if uh the more better players you get i'm down for it um yeah and if you can get a big strong long fast edge guy 
that's also got a uh, a brother that's a, a stud defensive back. I, the more the merrier. Let's go. Yeah, sounds like sounds like something you'd want to do. Sounds yep. like something you'd want to do. So we'll see how that develops. A couple other ones. Uh, Sooners appear to have offered Alabama defensive back transfer, or he's in the portal, uh, Kyrie Jackson. And then they also offered a guy that you and I really liked uh, heading into the Kent State game, uh, their stud wide receiver, Dante Cephas. The interesting part about Cephas is Kent State head coach Sean Lewis going to be the offensive coordinator for Deion Sanders at Colorado. So maybe he just ends up at Colorado, but would be awfully nice to add him to the wide receiver room because this is a guy, this is a guy that's going to play on Sundays. And I think he's just looking to make the jump to the power five, play a higher level of competition. And I would be awfully happy if he would like to do that at Oklahoma. Yeah, no, he's, he's a really good player. Got some good size to him. Um, he, he has the, like the, the way he moves and like the size he looks and plays like an NFL wide receiver, like like guys play on Sunday. Uh, so yeah, we need, we need some of those guys for sure. That would be, that would be a really nice pickup. All right. Let's get to call your shot. And we asked you guys the most important thing that happened this week for OU football. This first one comes from option PB who says, I think the turnover is what BV wanted to rebuild the team in his way. Our guys are still with the team and they're actively recruiting others from the portal and the fresh recruits. It seems as if the culture that he's building is sticking and a majority are bought in. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, You know, a lot of times you just never know in the portal um, it's not always because they're not happy with the current situation, right? A lot of times there's there's a conversation that takes place with the coach. Coach, do you think I'm going to get on the field here? If not, can you put in a word for me? Like, should I get in the portal? If those are real conversations. And I, I think we understand that you, know, you got 85 guys on roster and – all those guys are not going to be starters in a given year. And not all those guys are going to become starters. And at some point, you know, guys have to make a decision. Am I okay being a, a backup, a rotational guy? Um, maybe not even that. Maybe, maybe a, only a special teams player or a scout team guy. Am I okay with that? Or do I want to go, you know, somewhere maybe, transfer down and get some playing time. I mean, that's a, this is, this just a real uh, situation that every guy has to go through and, and face and, and make that decision. Some guys will stay. They want to be at Oklahoma. They've, they've been a fan. They've, you know, made friends in the, in the program and around the school and, you know, want to live there. So they're going to stay no matter what other guys want to play some football and will transfer down to get carries or, play quarterback or get some tackles, whatever it is. So it's just, it's reality of college football, even more so these days. Yep. This other one comes from big Mike on Twitter who says Jackson Arnold is still committed. It isn't even close. The transfer portal will even itself out. We will bring back close to what we lost. 
This year, we have seen the difference between good QB play and great QB play. Jackson Arnold is that guy. He is. Funny story. I I get on my flight to Vegas. Uh, my wife's in front of me. I'm carrying like both of our carry-ons, like shuffling through the aisle to try and get to my seat. And I hear... Hey Teddy, is that Jackson Arnold kid? He's gonna he's still coming to Oklahoma, right? And I look over and there's Coach Switzer sitting uh about 10 rows back, middle seat. <laughs> I'm like, oh hey coach. Yeah, yeah, he's still coming, man. As far as I know, he'll be here. And he's like, Good, good. That's a good thing. <laughs> it is, it is a very good thing. He continues to uh tear it up there in, in the Texas playoffs. But yeah, that is the QB situation, I, I am I'm fully anticipating Dylan Gabriel coming back, right? I, I think that now I don't think there's been any type of formal announcement or anything, but that's my expectation. I'd be surprised if he didn't, especially with Jeff Levy uh, staying, like not getting a head job anywhere, staying as the offense coordinator. So I am – I feel I feel like we're going to feel much better about the quarterback situation heading into the next season than we did about it heading into this season. Yes, I think so. Yep, I um, nothing is guaranteed though. We've had that conversation. You never know what you're going to get. Everything that we've seen up to this point, you know, makes you feel like Jackson Arnold's going to be a hell of a college football player. And until I see otherwise, that's what I'm feeling. I like that. I feel better. I feel good. Yeah. Good. I think the I think the transfer portal and and this recruiting class, this recruiting class is not done. You know, they there's still some big names out there that they have a really good chance to to bring in that could could make things look even better. So, I think I think there's a 100% chance our roster is much stronger in January than it was the previous January. I I would be very surprised if the overall talent of the roster has not been upgraded. I I, yeah. I think it's going to be and it should be upgraded rather significantly if they can land some of the guys that they they think they've got a really good shot in the portal and then keep this recruiting class. And like you mentioned, it adds some more to it. Yeah. Yep. I, just a, just a quarterback spot. I, if Jackson Arnold shows up in spring is as advertised and, you know, at a minimum gives you a great backup quarterback and who knows what, what could be above that. You're instantly a much better football team. Just right there. All right, birthday shout-outs time. Happy 10th birthday to Harper Crutchfield. Happy 21st birthday to Jacob Meyer. Happy 39th birthday to Nikolai Deboltishikov. All right, nicely done. Is that done. right, Deboltishikov? Yeah. Deboltishikov, yeah. Yeah, nailed I it. I think you nailed it. Happy 56th birthday to Kirk Small. Happy birthday to Braden, the club champ, Clyde. 
Nice. There's got to be a story behind that one. And a couple late additions. Happy 39th birthday to Destiny Hollingsworth. And happy 40th birthday to Everett Cook. All right, let's get to the college football roundup. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Hamare. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous in cl- numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. All right, National College Football Roundup. Let's start with the Heisman Trophy finalists. Heisman finalists announced. We got four guys. USC quarterback. Caleb Williams, TCU quarterback Max Duggan, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, and Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. What do you think, Ted? They get it right? Those are the right four? Yeah, I think so. It's just funny that is it the Heisman Trophy Award or uh, the Lost Year Conference Championship Game Award? Uh, <laughs> with Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, and C.J. Stroud. I know C.J. Stroud didn't play in the conference championship, but that's kind of what what that Ohio State-Michigan game felt like. Um, three of the four lost their, their last game. Um, kind of interesting, but I don't – no one else really sticks out. I mean, maybe Hendon Hooker, right? That's about the only other guy I can think of that – it should have been there. Um, you know, it's hard at, at running back in order to be there. It's got to be like a, a record-breaking type of year, it feels like, at running back. So, I really – I don't have any problem with the list, I don't think. Yeah, I I have a hard time believing many people think Stetson Bennett had a better season than Hendon Hooker. Right. And And I know he blew his knee out, but he didn't die. Like he's still there. 
<laughs> he missed one game. He's still no. breathing. Like that's where I, I do think that, and this goes back. Like, why not just bring five guys? Yeah. Every year, it just bring five people, and I think if you brought a fifth person, it would be Hendon Hooker. And I, I know that it ended up being in a weird way, like a an incredible season for them, but also disappointing. And, and I yeah. understand that, but he was fantastic. He deserves to be there. I mean, he does. So I, that, that was a little disappointing for me. I, that guy had a phenomenal season and, and also the dude just blew his knee out. Can you throw him a bone? Man, can you just invite him like, and let him have that experience? Yeah. And I know it's not a, uh, like a lifetime achievement award, but Indian Hooker has done some really good things as a player. And the last two years he's had at Tennessee are just incredible statistically. So, yeah, I would have seen it would have been nice to see him there. You know, he's not going to win the thing, but just kind of a, a payoff to to a job well done for a season, a, a big season, maybe. You know, maybe the most important season for all of these guys there and what he did at Tennessee. And it feels like the the momentum is going there like like really nowhere else in the country. So, yeah, I agree. And then I, I saw a lot of Michigan fans pretty upset that Blake Corum didn't get the invite. And he had, he had a spectacular season. But I think there is – there's one main reason – that I think are two main reasons he plays running back is the number one reason and not quarterback that he didn't get invited. But I think the games that Donovan Edwards ended up having when Corum was out, like the, what they did without him against Ohio state. And then what they were able to do in the big 10 championship game, rushing the football. I think it had some people going, was it like, Corum or was it that offensive line? And that's not fair because Corum had a hell of a season, but I don't think in a weird way, like the success, his team and that running game had without him. I don't think that helped his case. Like, I don't yeah. think that helped the cause of him getting invited. No, I agree. Um, it's tough, you know, running back, you, you've got to be, it's so hard at that position. You've just st statistically, you have to be unbelievable. And it's almost like there has to be a, like a consensus across the board that, Oh my God, this guy's the best player in, in college football, right? For, for a running back, not only to, to win it, but these days to even get the invite. Yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, that's why you're seeing a lot of Texas fans upset that B. John Robinson didn't get invited. But there is, there's a team success aspect to this award. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. <laughs> that's why I think it's funny that all of those players lost their final game. I mean, it's, that's, it's unique. You know, like Max Duggan was – was was really close to having what would have felt like a Heisman moment, right? But he lost that game. Caleb Williams had his opportunity for USC to be back and win the Pac-12. And I know he was he was banged up and hobbled, but but couldn't get it done. You know, I, like what was 
What's Caleb Williams Heisman moment? Moment, you know, C.J. Stroud right there at home, Michigan. Here's your opportunity to avenge last year. Get housed. <laughs> you know, it's just it's kind of a the way it unfolded. It's kind of a weird list, you know. It definitely is, but yeah, I think as far as the Bijan piece of things. Texas, it, it, it's a failure that he was never a Heisman Trophy finalist with how good that guy is. He's incredible. He is yeah. a spectacular player. And I think that's why some, you know, you heard Sarkeesian say, well, if we were 10 and 2, he'd be there. Uh, yeah, you, he would. But yeah. Texas, they were never able, with him on the roster, and as great as he was, like they were never, never able to put together the type of season where he would get the invite. And it's crazy with just how incredibly talented he is. What did they, were they, um, did Texas end up eight and four? Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have been 10 and two, but they would have been nine and three if they would have just kept handing him the ball against Oklahoma state, you know? So Sark can take that one on himself. Yeah. A lot of angry Texas fans, but it's like, Hey, you went eight and four. Yeah, the guy is yeah, he's probably the best running back in college football. He's spectacular, but sorry, huh? Is what it is. I would assume Caleb Williams is gonna win. But I do think, you know, the nails and like all that stuff, I think that'll end up rubbing some voters the wrong way. And I think I think Duggan's got a chance to finish second. I really do. Well, I know there's not a lot of people that TCU was like for us fun to watch this year, but it wasn't necessarily appointment football for everyone in the country, right? Like a like an Ohio State is or like a a USC or a Georgia, but I whenever he had everyone in the country watching on you know, that championship Saturday, that morning, uh, that's the type of performance you want to have, right? And I know they lost the game, but it was so good and so gutsy that a lot of people came away from that game like feeling better about TCU and feeling better about Max Duggan than they had all season. So uh, I, I'm I, with you on that. Like the, the timing for him to play like that and that moment was great. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many Heisman Trophy voters would admit it, but I think a lot of them watched Max Duggan play a game for the first time last Saturday. Yeah. And they saw that, and they are like, this guy's awesome. (laughs) And what – who called the game? I'm trying to remember who called the game, but they referenced it. You know, he's exhausted out there on the field. They talked about his heart surgery that he had. Maybe You know, at at first they thought he was never going to play again. You know as well as I do – they love a story, man. Whenever they can present something up there at the podium, you know, that's that's a there's a lot to it. Yeah. That was that was ABC's number one crew, man. Yep. They did game day, did the whole thing. So it is um it's gonna be interesting. I still think Caleb Williams wins, but I think Max Duggan may may have a chance to finish second, which is which is pretty damn cool with with everything that young man has been through. Okay. It's the it's one of the craziest times of the year in college football. Uh, portal season is upon us. And with portal season comes 
the QB carousel, baby. Let's fire it back up, Ted. Here we go. <laughs> Spencer yeah. Sanders entered the portal. Uh, a lot of people wondering, hey, is it NIL opportunities? What's going on? A lot of players entering the portal there from Oklahoma State. Uh, I think that fan base is getting a little restless uh, with the whole thing, but I've got a theory. Okay. Their offensive line was terrible. He's getting away from those guys. And there's some people like, hey, Casey Dunn and the way the offense is being ran. No, no, no. Quarterbacks don't like playing behind offensive lines that stink. They don't. So I think he looked at it and went, yeah, I'm going to see what my other options are. Like, I, I, I truly believe that. I, I mean, he took a beating this year, and they couldn't run the football. And it was all on him. I don't blame the guy for being like, you know what? I've done everything I could do here in four years. Let me go see if I can land somewhere where people can actually block for me. I know the the talking point around quarterbacks is always, you know, who's he have his weapons, right? Weapons matter far less. It's not even close compared to offensive line. If you're a great quarterback and you've got a great offensive line, you'll make weapons out of pretty much anyone that they put out there on the field. Uh, if you don't have a good offensive line, it doesn't matter who the weapons are a lot of the times. Like, you can't you can't establish drives. You can't run the football. You can't set things up constantly scrambling for your life. So, yeah. I, you know, and, and here's the other thing. Like he's put in a ton of time there. He's put, played a bunch of really good football. I, I don't – I don't – question i guess him feeling like maybe there's maybe a change would would do him some good and whether it's give him some better exposure or what i don't know but i i I don't know for some reason i'm not shocked that he's doing it although like typically when they have a quarter like you kind of you connect him in oklahoma state like he's been there so long you feel like that's where he would finish um, just because of how big of a deal he is there. But I, I understand on the other side that a change in venue maybe for a year could do him some good. Yeah, and I think he's probably looking around going, man, we may not, we may not be any good next year. Yeah. And he's looking at it going, okay, let's, you know, I got to be a little selfish here and go find myself a better situation because you look at everything they're losing, like the good players they're losing, whether it's transfer portal or graduation off this year's team and some of the spots that they really struggled. I don't know, man. It, it It's not looking great right now in Stillwater. You look at their recruiting class, very few, a small number of commitments. Gundy's talked about, you know, not loving – recruiting through the portal and all that stuff. I don't know. It's yeah. it's interesting. Mason Cobb in the portal, Trace Ford, and I know he's been banged up, but there's all kinds of guys yeah. that are getting out of there. It's it's Brady I don't know, it feels like a feels like kind of a crossroads for Oklahoma State football to me. Yeah, it does. It does. Um yeah, but you know, with Spencer, I guess I understand it now. I'm I'm curious as to see like what opportunities he's going to get. You know, he's he's a good enough quarterback where, you know, his skill set, 
there's got to be a lot of a lot of programs out there maybe they have a young guy or something coming in that's like hey here's a vet guy played a ton of football dual threat guy he can make an average football team pretty good pretty quickly yeah other QBs uh DJ Uyunglele has entered the transfer portal just never came together for him uh there at Clemson we'll always have that game against Notre Dame man no it's crazy he came in as a backup and looked like he was going to be the next thing. He looked yeah. fantastic. Now, I, I think we'll we'll see where he ends up. A lot of people think he's going to go back somewhere there on the West Coast, right? He's a California guy, but he needs to find someone that can build his confidence back up because I think it's gone. So we'll we'll see where where he ends up. And, and a lot of people are saying like, well, with the way he's played, who would really want him? Listen. The guy has physical traits in the tools. There would be a lot of a lot of programs out there that said, "Hey, we can fix him. We can fix him." So I think he's gonna. I take him at Oklahoma. I, Hell yeah! Know, I I know that. Um, I I like Dylan Gabriel as the starter, right? And I think that he's going to be the starter next year. But like I said, you know, the backup quarterback situation, like you don't want to be, you don't want to be in a spot where you just absolutely can't do anything. And, you know, I think he'll be a starter wherever he goes, but I'm just saying, like, if you had an opportunity to get him to come in and push um, and just add some depth to that room, you'd take it. Absolutely. Okay. Another big name QB in the portal, Devin Leary had a great season last year, uh, had high expectations. People are talking to him about being a first round pick after this season. And, just was pretty underwhelming there at, at NC State. And I know he dealt with some injury issues, but this is a guy that, you know, a lot of people uh, are going to be interested. Very talented player with a high ceiling. So that's that's a big that's a big one. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of people after his services. Yeah, he'll be he'll be big out there. Um another guy played a ton of football, really talented, moves around well better than you would expect yeah that's he's he's a guy like I don't think he's he's gonna put anyone over the top but you know some of those places that have have you know some like a like he'd be like a good fit at like a, a place like an Iowa State um you know that's got a really good defense has some really solid skill players but has been inconsistent at quarterback like he would be perfect for them yeah, we'll we'll see where he ends up. A uh, couple more. Cade McNamara, who started the season at Michigan, right? Now he got hurt. Will be the starter at Iowa next year. He has he has entered the portal, but he's going to Iowa, right? He's already announced that. So that'll be interesting. Maybe he will actually be able to throw the ball. That would be uh that would be a nice development there for that Iowa offense. And then another interesting name, Hudson Card. Right. Um, there's some rumors that, you know, he could land at Notre Dame with Drew Pine entering the transfer portal there for the Irish. And there are some people uh, connecting some dots. I guess his high school offensive coordinator just took the offensive coordinator job at Oregon. So some people are thinking, well, maybe he could have a Bo Nix like type season, even though I, does Bo Nix have more eligibility? 
I've lost track of all of this. I I don't know. Probably. It seems like everyone's got another year. When in doubt, yes. Yeah, there you go. When in doubt, yes. But that's that's an interesting name. And I think Hudson Card's a he's a solid player. And I I think that I I still I still think Texas would have had a better record if they would have played him in in a couple of those games that Quinn Ewers really struggled. But he's gonna be a guy that once again, a lot of schools are going to be after because he's a very capable player. Yep. I, I like Hudson Card a lot, actually. I think he's a really good player. Um, throws it well, really athletic, can run around, can make some plays. You know, he he's had some struggles. There's no doubt about that. But, God, that game he played against West Virginia this year was was excellent. Um, and I'm with you. I thought – I thought they should have gone back to him several times, and they didn't. But um, Notre, if Notre Dame could get Hudson Card, that would be a home run. I think he'd be the best quarterback that they've had there in a long time. Yeah. Okay, one last thing I wanted to talk about, and it is because you know it kind of affects Oklahoma next season with Cincinnati making the move into the Big 12. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, they lose Luke Fickle, right? He, he takes the Wisconsin job, and they've hired Scott Satterfield. So you lose Fickle, who I think everyone would agree with, with what he was able to accomplish there, was the best coach in the history of the school. He's got the program at the highest point it's ever been at. And you go and hire a guy that has gone 25 and 24 at Louisville. And and I know he was really successful at App State. I I get it, but man, this seems underwhelming. I know. What are the chances that Cincinnati wasn't getting the interest that maybe they thought or even I thought? thought they were going to get out there i i find it very hard to believe that they didn't have a lot of really good coaches interested in that job yeah like whether it's big time coordinators or you know former head coaches that are serving as coordinators right now or serving as you know associate head coach role like did they call gary patterson I don't I, I don't know that's see that's that's the only thing about that that hire that makes me think that the interest wasn't there is cuz I feel like just like you said underwhelming I feel the same about it now maybe maybe they see something there that the formula is going to work perfectly I don't know but I kind of felt the same way and I felt that my first thing is maybe they didn't have better options I, I just wonder if they kind of rushed it. Yeah, maybe. I like and you know, you know how some coaches are when it comes to, you know, wanting to stay focused, uh, finishing out the season with the team. I, I don't know. And you know, I asked around a little bit, and I guess Cincinnati's leadership was a big fan that Satterfield was the coach when App State went from the FCS to the FBS right when they made that transition and they, they liked that he had that experience with them moving to the big 12 next season. But 
I I thought they were going to hire someone really good, and and maybe it ends up working out really really well with Scott Satterfield there at Cincinnati, man. But I just I saw that and I was like, huh? Be, because the the most alarming thing for Cincinnati fans has to be how excited Louisville fans are that he's leaving. <laughs> right. And and I know it it came out Louisville's getting Jeff Brom to come home, right? He's he, he's leaving Purdue. He's coming back to Louisville. They're going to pay him handsomely to do so. So, I mean, they are they're basically partying in the streets there in Louisville because Satterfield has left. If I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm not feeling very good about that. No, I'm not either. Yeah, it feels like with the, the way, unless there's something that Luke Fickle knew, and like there's a reason that he 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 bounced, and, and Wisconsin's a really good job. Um, it's a better job than Cincinnati. I'm not saying that it's not. I, it just, it felt like with the massive influx of money, the kind of what the Big 12's future is and, and how open it's going to be there at the top, I feel like. It, it still seemed like kind of a surprising move from Fickle. Like, unless there's something underlying there that, that we don't know about that makes people not want that job, I feel like they could have definitely gotten someone better. Ted, you want to take a that. guess of who Cincinnati will be playing in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl? Ooh, who's that? Uh, they'll be playing Louisville. <laughs> That's so, why they got it. They wanted the inside intel, right? Yeah. This is all this is all because Cincinnati really wants to win their bowl game. 4D chess. Now that is thinking ahead for the Wasabi Bowl. <laughs> They're actually going to fire Satterfield after it. Oh man. I it just a weird hire. Like it, it is. hey. I you know, a lot of times guys get hired and we're like, "Oh, home run hire and it doesn't work." Right, so maybe, maybe Satterfield will get that thing, or we'll keep it at the level that it's at, and even take it to another level in the Big Twelve. We'll see, but yeah, not exactly the uh, the bombshell hire that I think a lot of people that are connected to that Cincinnati program were hoping for. Nope, a bit of a shocker. Yeah. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first. It's football time in Oklahoma, people, and there's nothing better to drink at the tailgate than Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that's already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. And they're not just for tailgating either. They're perfect to drink on the golf course, by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is out. They got new flavors in there. They got a new can. Find a place near you that has clubbies. Visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. 
Best in class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Well, you got to go with the money. Aaron Judge. Whoa. Huge deal, which, you know, it's interesting. We talked about Lamar Jackson and the betting on yourself and how that hasn't seemed to go to have gone well as of right now. Well, Aaron Judge bet on himself as well. In the spring, the Yankees offered him a contract worth $210 million. He decided, ah, you know what? I'm going to wait and see where this thing goes. Had the historic season and now has signed a deal with the Yankees. Nine years, $360 million, $40 million a year, a difference of $150 million from the contract he was offered in the spring. I would say, Gabe, that that bet turned out well for Aaron Judge. I I would say so. I think it's safe to say he's rich. <laughs> he is rich. I, I've got a question for you, though. Yeah. Have you seen what there was a guy named Bradford William Davis who put out this thing about the baseballs. Did you see that? No. And I, I, I think it's real. I'm not entirely sure, but, and if it's not, then I look like an idiot, then Hey, whatever. But some, somebody did like a study of the baseballs that the major league baseball used this season. And like, some of them were really dead. Uh, some of them were absolutely juiced. And then there was this type of ball they called the Goldilocks, right? Not too warm or not too hot, not too cold. They called it the Goldilocks. You want to take a guess of where the majority of Goldilocks baseballs were used? New York. Playoff games and Yankees games. Regular season games. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. There, there's and, a graph in everything, Ted, where they found the Goldilocks balls. Well, I like that. Um, now, the source is Doctor Meredith Wills. Now, Aaron Judge, the Yankees is. couldn't hit anything in the playoffs, so the balls didn't help them in the playoffs. They were atrocious, but. Um, Here's the thing. I don't know about that. Did he benefit off of uh, some good baseballs? Perhaps, and maybe to the tune of $150 million. And that just underlines one of my most frustrating um, – the, the fact that Major League Baseball, you can do all kinds of things that I don't care about. The pitch clock – making second base bigger, making the the shift illegal, like whatever these rules are, don't really care. But the first thing that they need to do 
is agree on a universal baseball that they're going to use in preseason, in regular season, in postseason, this year, and for the rest of history. You cannot it, – it, it really it, it sucks the credibility out of your sport that you can manipulate the game however you see fit by adjusting the ball. I think that is total shit for a sport. I could you imagine if they did that with the NFL football, like they were using different balls throughout the season, Tom Brady allegedly changed the, uh, air pressure in a football. And it was like the biggest story ever. Right. And major league baseball does it all the time, whenever they want, when they need more runs, when they need less runs, whenever they want to help a team out, whenever they don't want to help a team out. I mean, you can look at that thing and, and get as conspiracy theory as you want. Like that, it's, it's bullshit. There's no other way to say it. It needs to be the same exact baseball for the pitchers, for the hitters, for everyone, 100% of the time. I agree with that. And I, I can't imagine that anyone disagrees with that. And if you want to say, oh, well, the weather, this time, that, just use the same damn ball. Same ball. And let everyone adjust to it accordingly. Could you imagine you know? the NBA? Like, there, There's games, that I, there's teams played with a different, like a ball that weighs more or less or that like flies in the air differently. I mean, it would be insanity. Uh, the the three-point percentage is down this year. So, in response, the NBA is widening the rim <laughs> just for the playoffs, right? Use a different rim for the playoffs than they did the rest of the year, something like that, to affect the scoring. It's stupid. It's preposterous. And like I said, it, it just it sucks the credibility away from the sport. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, who do you have as your loser of the week? <laughs> I had to go with the Denver Broncos. So there's some new projected NFL draft orders that have come out. And the top top five go like this. Houston one, Chicago two, uh, the Rams three, the uh, Broncos four, and the Carolina Panthers five. Houston's most likely going to be number one. Gore, Chicago, number two. Rams, three. But the Rams do not have that pick. That pick goes to the Detroit Lions from the uh, the Stafford-Goff trade. And you can look at that and say, okay, the Rams, they could really use that pick right now, not having a good year. But you got a Super Bowl ring out of the trade, right? The Denver Broncos at four. That trade is going to the Seattle Seahawks. So not only did you trade away what is now a top five pick, um, pay a ton of money for a quarterback, but now your record has got you out of exactly how you need to build your franchise moving forward. 
not looking good for the Denver Broncos. The the Broncos offense is awful. I, I saw this on Twitter. If they would just score, and, and they are like, in the last 20 years in the NFL, they're one of the worst offenses we've seen. Aren't there if, several, aren't there players that have produced close to as many points as them? Oh, I'm sure. In the season? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Just individual players. I, I saw this. They are, what, they're three and nine right now. If they just would have scored 18 points in regulation offensively, which is not a lot, 18 points, they'd be 10 and two. Their defense has been awesome. I mean, it's been one of the best in the NFL. Their offense is terrible. <laughs> terrible by like every metric. Like it's terrible to watch, but also if you look at like all the nerd stats, it's awful, dude. I mean, Denver is not a fun place to play football right now. There, I, I can only imagine what that locker room is like on a daily basis. Between the defensive guys and offensive guys. Oh, oh brutal. my God. Well, I did. I can't remember if we talked about it on here or if, if it was on radio, but that report that came out that Russell Wilson was calling plays at the line of scrimmage that were like not using the, different code words from that like no one code knew, words from Seattle, like old stuff from Seattle at the line of scrimmage. Everyone's like, we don't know what that, what is happening. He's not calling the right place. Like, it makes sense. It, I don't know. It's wild. They're in a uh, they're in a bad spot. There, brutal. <laughs> they are. They're terrible. That's a that's a bad offense. Good, good, good defense. Those defensive guys have every right to yell at Russell Wilson as much as they want. Mm. Getting paid that much money, dude. Figure it out. Do your job. Oh That's my good. gosh. He's already like an annoying guy, at least to like to me. I guess I don't know him, but what I see publicly leads me to the direction that I could not stand that guy in the locker room. But I I just whenever thing like when things are good, I can't imagine what it's like when things are bad. I, I can't imagine that Nathaniel Hackett survives the season. I yeah, which, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm not saying that he's been perfect. I'm not even saying necessarily that he's been good. But whenever the the front office hands you that situation and kneecaps your future, uh, what are you going to do? I, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could fire the head coach and bring someone else in. I mean, maybe that'll help. I don't know. Tough. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first, First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com. 
for more information. And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember in 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Tulsa football. Hired Kevin Wilson to be their new head coach. Guy that recruited me to OU. Uh, I went to OU to play for him. He is as demanding as they come. But he is... One hell of a football coach. I'm excited and scared for all the players there. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun and it's going to be miserable. But I hope those guys are ready to work. Uh, I, I really hope they're ready to work. And I hope that it works for him at Tulsa. Uh, I really do. I, I think that he's a great offensive mind. And I've never been around a coach that even though sometimes some of the methods are questionable. I've never been around a coach that gets more out of his players than, than he did. So I, I'm excited for, for Tulsa. It felt like a change needed to happen there. And they got a really damn good football coach uh, to lead the program. So I, I'm hoping this is this will jumpstart things for the Golden Hurricane. Yeah, I, I think that's a big hire for them now. Um Obviously, he's been around some programs that have had a ton of success, obviously at Oklahoma, um, you know, did some good things for a stretch there at Indiana, and then being offensive coordinator at Ohio State, he's he's seen some really good players come through there. He's, you know, he's had his imprint on on some fantastic offenses, so that's, that's about as much credibility as they could really ask for in, in a head coaching hire at Tulsa. I, I think that's a... That's a home run. I think he'll probably be able to put together a really good staff as well. Wouldn't shock me if they did some really nice things there. Yeah, I'm hoping they do. Uh, be good for the state uh, and be good for Tulsa. So we'll see. But the Kevin Wilson era has begun. Now, I also thought about going with Baker Mayfield, man. Claimed off waivers by the LA Rams. Now, their offensive line is not good. They, I mean, they've had so many injuries but it, it sounds like he's having to learn the playbook in like two days may have to start tomorrow night on Thursday night football, which is not ideal, but ultimately I'm glad he's getting a chance to play, right? He's getting a chance to play some games, uh, to learn some more from Sean McVay, uh, learn, learn a new system and he's about to hit free agency, man. So that's valuable. Uh, I mean, if he can show a little bit, this is a good opportunity. We've talked about him just needing an opportunity. Well, he's getting it with the three and nine 
LA Rams who have lost six straight. Yep. Not not ideal, but hey, a chance is a chance, and opportunity is an opportunity. Yeah, I love I love the opportunity for Baker. I, I I'm under no I don't think they're gonna go win a bunch of games. But I think Baker and Sean McVay are a really good pair. Both super high energy guys. Uh, Sean McVay, I know a lot of people get uh, enamored with the youth. He's not young when it comes to coaching. He has as much experience coaching and being around the game as anyone in the game in NFL. He's, he's been in the league since he's like 18 years old. Um, knows everything about it. Has a fantastic mind for the sport. He's got experience that he can draw from of, you know, having to insert a quarterback on short time. I think this is just a really good opportunity for Baker to soak up some stuff. Like this is the best offensive mind that he's been around. Yeah. And I think he can learn a lot. And if you think of a, of a bunch of like former, because McVay's a West coast offense guy, like you think about the West coast offense players like Steve Young uh, Brett Favre, I Baker kind of fits the that that role of what those guys do. They love to do boots, love to move the quarterback, uh, a lot of short passes. I mean, he he fits the West Coast system more than he fits anything else. And I think Sean McVay could could probably do some good things with him if yeah. given the time. Like I don't expect that right out of the gate, or maybe don't expect it ever. But I think it's a great learning opportunity for Baker. Yeah, and if he plays really well, maybe they sign him to – it's not going to be a big deal, but who knows how long Stafford's got left. Right. Right? So, you know, it could be that type of opportunity for him as well. But my winner of the week, Brock Purdy. Jimmy G goes down with the broken foot early in that Dolphins game. Purdy comes in, Mr. Irrelevant, steps in and handles things well. Uh I thought he managed the game well, showed his mobility. They end up winning easily. But what an awesome situation for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and, and you know Shanahan's one of the best offensive minds in the game. Yep. Right? So you got that guy managing you. You 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 trust him to play to your strengths and maximize those strengths as a player. And all you got to do is get the ball to Debo Samuel, get it to George Kittle get it to Christian McCaffrey and then lean on arguably the best defense in the league. Right. And I, I looked it up. San Francisco currently ranked second in DVOA. Uh, only the Cowboys are better on defense. So you're a rookie. You're getting to start for a really good football team. Who's going to go to the playoffs. Just get to manage the game, lean on the defense. Like life is good, man. If you're Brock Purdy, like what an, awesome opportunity for him it is it is amazing opportunity and he's got some really nice ability um and and i know shanahan is going to call it this way but he needs to know that this is not about him all right like you start scrambling around trying to do things out there and have one of those god-awful turnovers that we know and love you for like that's a recipe to go right back onto the bench and perhaps never play in the league again. Just distribute the football. 
We don't need you to do anything special. If it's not there, throw it away. That's it. Punt it. Let the de- defense go to work, man. Don't don't get spun around in a circle and pull, <laughs> pulling it over your head for one of the weirdest like pick sixes you'll ever see. Uh, <laughs> yep, that is cool though. The, some of those plays are coming, but he uh, he looked good moving around yep. well, and um, yeah, a lot of people uh, throwing out the nickname at one at one point. I looked at Twitter and. Trending was uh, Big C Brock, and the C word rhymes with Brock. Really? We got we got kids that listen to this. A lot of people write in, say, hey, would you cuss less? I listen with my kids, which we do not cuss a lot in here, by the way. But so, yeah, uh, Big, Big C Crock Brock. Pot guy, huh? Big Crock-Pot guy. He's got a new recipe out there. Is that yeah. what you're telling me? yeah. Croc minus the R, old big C, uh, Brock. That was trending on Twitter for quite some time, actually. So. You could trend for worse reasons. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we'll see how it works. And Jimmy G, some news about that injury. Clean break, no ligament damage in that foot. Not a Liz Frank situation. Bones are all still lined up properly, I guess. So they they don't think he'll need surgery, but we'll see if he's able to get back for you know, the divisional round or the NFC championship game or something like that. If, if they're able to advance that far, but it looks like the Brock Purdy show right now, man, good. which is interesting. Rare situation. Whenever a broken foot is good news, the news yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. All right. For my loser of the week thought about going, did you see this with the Titans? Yeah. Titans GM, John Robinson fired. And listen, I know they got smacked by the Eagles the other night. Like, I get it. And I know A.J. Brown, who he traded away, had himself a day. Right? I get it. But they've won the AFC South two years in a row. They were the number one seed in the playoffs of the AFC last season. Uh, They're in first place in the division right now. Is it just, like, this is strange, right? To fire a GM when you're organization has had success like that. Like there has to be more to it, right? You would think, I, I don't know. I, and a, a lot of it may have to do with like, like some of the AJ Brown stuff beforehand. Like, like there's, there's been some lingering issues there. I don't know. Um, it is interesting. Like I'm, I'm curious to see the direction they go with it. Do you think that, Vrabel wants the Belichick model. He could, he could just want complete control and and maybe that's it. But I, I mean, when the, when the organization is having the type of success, the Titans are having like, normally the GM does not get fired. I know. So I don't know if this is a, there's gotta be more to it, man. And it could be Vrabel say, Hey, I want, I, I want all of it. I want to control everything. And uh, maybe that's it, but I don't know. I saw this. I was like, wait, what the hell? Then I went and double checked. I was like, yeah, they were the one seed last year. Yeah. They've won the division two years in a row. They're in first right now, but I don't know. It's interesting with success comes expectations. And, but I, I don't know. It does seem odd. 
we'll probably learn a little bit more about it. It wouldn't shock me if Vrabel gets gets total control of it, but yeah, I don't know. They seem to they seem to love him. So yeah. we'll we'll see. But I also thought about going with Luke Fickle because we all had thought and we're kind of told that Jim Leonard was staying on board, right? As a defensive coordinator. Well, it turns out Jim Leonard comes out yesterday and says, actually, the bowl game is going to be my last game. I'm moving on. So what we thought was a massive move for Luke Fickle to retain him on that staff, he's actually losing Mr. Wisconsin uh, off the staff, which is, I, I don't know what Leonard's going to end up doing, but that's what we thought was going to be huge for Fickle is now it's like, oh man, that's a bummer. Yeah, that whole situation is interesting. Um. A lot of ins and outs, a lot of what have yous to that one. Uh, there's, there, there's, uh, it's heated in Madison right now. I'll just tell you that. There's a lot going on up there that is, uh, that's got a lot of people upset. Um, Jim Leonard, one of them, athletic director, one of them, staff, fickle. They got a mess going on. <laughs> It's uh, it's wild. And frankly, I'm shocked how poorly Luke Fickle has at least started off handling the transition. Has not gone well for him. We'll see if he can uh, put the pieces back together, if you will. <laughs> right. We 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 shall we shall see. But by loser of the week. We don't talk about Kyrie Irving much on here. Uh, we we tend to stay away from his antics, but Nike officially ended it, man. Mm. Uh, they came out and said, hey, Kyrie Irving is no longer a Nike athlete. So this guy, with all the flat earth stuff and the anti-Semitic stuff, it like he's now lost his signature shoe, which, by the way, is wildly popular in the national basketball association and wildly popular among kids. So who knows how much money he's cost himself in endorsements in salary. This dude, he is, it's one of the weirder things we've ever seen in sports and his line of like his signature sneaker. is like the second most lucrative line for Nike after LeBron hmm. and gone. Uh, I mean, his time in Boston, the way that it's gone in Brooklyn, like all the stuff off the court, dude, it's, it's, it's all so strange, man. Well, so there was strange. A, there was a lot of people that, that were hinting about this way back whenever he was at Cleveland, like, that he's going to be impossible to deal with. And I don't know. It's turned out. It's turned out uh, a lot like those folks predicted way back then. Um, it's strange. Such a talented player. You got one of the best handles we've ever seen. Um, it's just wild. Now, hey, I guess maybe if you're Kyrie, here's an opportunity to launch your shoe line on your own if you want to. But 
I don't know. Methinks the uh, you can only cut off so many people in 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 big positions and important positions before eventually there's no more opportunities for you. Yeah. Whenever there's there's a a lot of distraction that comes with with what you're there to do, which is supposedly play basketball. Yeah, he has been quite the distraction. <laughs> Listen, man, the guy is extremely skilled. It's really fun to watch him play basketball, especially when he's cooking. But when you talk about mismanagement of a career and loss of potential earnings, oh boy. Brutal. Lot of zeros. Lot of zeros. On that note, episode 273 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Monday. Just reminding you can just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from three to six on 94.7 the ref. You can hear me from two to five on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Enjoy an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.